This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Hey, Chris, always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Mark, I got to start out by asking you, did you hear the story that uh, Tom Patchy told about Rick Pearson? Do you remember that? I, I did hear that. And uh, I might add one thing to that. Uh, he actually uh, was so mad. He, he Back then, of course, we had spikes in our shoes. And he uh, <laughs> kicked the... Uh, the the van our our gator van that that we traveled in uh yeah he took he kicked the uh, door and put a bunch of spike marks in the door so <laughs> yeah we we had a pretty uh, volatile team back then we had a lot of great players but uh yeah it, it was kind of funny <laughs> mark i um i want to start really by going back here you had an eventful last few months let's go back to the open championship for you what was it like getting to go back to St. Andrews, playing one more Open, and having that Open really be not only at St. Andrews, but the 150th anniversary of the tournament? Right. That was uh, that was really cool. Uh, I uh, Unfortunately, my knees were shot. Uh, both of them need replaced. And I was in horrific pain, but I was going to finish that tournament if I had to crawl. But the uh, I didn't get my clubs till Wednesday afternoon, so... In the four hole, uh, thing on, uh, Monday, I kind of played out of everybody's bag, used Jordan Feast Potter on 18 and, uh, Ian Baker Finch's clubs a couple times. So, uh, but that, you know, it was, it was super cool. Uh, and then the past champions dinner was just, uh, amazing as it always is. Uh, with all the past champions there, Jack was there, Lee Trevino. Bob Charles, you name it, they were there, and uh, it was awesome. So uh, aside, aside from the golf that I played, which wasn't good, uh, it, it was just uh, a, uh, the most memorable week I probably ever had. And Mark, I got to imagine emotions start to well up on on the Friday as you make your way through the back nine and, and really start to hit you as you're walking off the 18th tee in a starting to approach the Swokin Bridge. What was it like knowing you were going to walk over that bridge or step up to that bridge for a last time in an open and then getting to have that moment where you get to wave goodbye to the fans? Right. Uh, it was just the best. It really was. Uh, I actually uh, slipped going up the going up the bridge uh, with my right foot because uh, my knees were killing me, but uh, – Got up there, turned around. Uh, my kids, uh, Eric, Brittany, and my son-in-law TJ were there taking a bunch of pictures, and uh, uh, and we we did a bunch a bunch of pictures uh, before the past uh, champions dinner on Tuesday as well. So, yeah, you know, I, walking up the last hole, uh, you know, it was it was cool. It was my last hole uh, in a major championship in the Open. Uh, so it was, uh, yeah, it was awesome. 
does it take it to the next level? Because unlike most guys who are there either by themselves or maybe with their playing partners, you got to share that moment with Brenda, who is, oh, by the way, you're caddying on the bag with you. What was it like getting yep. to share that kind of special occasion with her? Yeah, it was it was awesome. She uh, she loved it as well. Um, she's been with me every step of the way. That's when that uh, 21 years ago. So uh, for her to experience that, uh, she loved it as well. So it was, it was really cool. And Mark, you've mentioned your knees, and I know it's been a, a bit of a physical struggle for you over the last year plus. You you dealt with COVID, then you had back surgery, and now you're looking at potentially knee replacement surgery. Talk about what's going on. Yeah, exactly. The last few years have been kind of a disaster. Uh, COVID hit me hard, uh, got past that. Uh, then uh, actually January 4th of last year, I had my uh, L4, L5 fused. Uh, you know, it took basically a year to get over that. And uh, then this year, basically in March, both my knees started hurting at the same time, and I couldn't figure it out. And each week they keep getting worse and worse and worse. So uh, after MRIs and, and uh, whatnot, blah, 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 uh, I've got bone on bone in both knees. And uh, uh, so looking at knee replacement surgery coming up here uh, next month. So hopefully uh, I, 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 I'm going to do my right one first, uh, then my left one about two months later. And by next June, I should be like the six million dollar man. I should be good to go. <laughs> <laughs> to that point, are we going to get to see you late next year back out on the Champions Tour? Do you think? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm not dead yet. Yep, I'm coming back. <laughs> uh, I got a good. My back's fantastic now, and uh, when I get my knees fixed, uh, oh man, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be ready to go. Mark, switching gears a little bit, and of course, Live Golf is dominating the golf news these days. And Greg Norman was right. a contemporary of yours back in the day, and we know he wanted to start a, a world tour back in the 90s. What is your thought about what you know about Greg and the world tour that he wanted to do back then versus what he's got started now with Live? Right. Yeah, well, uh, you know, actually the uh, world golf events were actually his idea. And, uh, you know, the PGA Tour didn't have any of that. And then they kind of, they kind of stole that from him. So, you know, I, I kind of get where he's coming from. Uh, Greg and I have never really been friends, but I've gotten along fine over the years. Uh, you know, this LIV thing is, uh, you know, it's, it's, it, it is what it is. Uh, I understand why the guys are going there. You know, it's, it's a lot of money and it's, it, it's only about money, really. Uh, if they tell you anything otherwise, they're lying. Uh, but I, I can't blame them. So to that point, Mark, if, if, if this all had happened back in the nineties, Greg came to you with a, a nine or 10 figure check and said, Hey, Mark, we got this thing going on. I want to give you this much money to come just to, to be a part of the tour and, you know, laid the whole thing out for you. What would you have said back then? You know, my whole dream was to play the PGA Tour. Um, but I can't say that, that I wouldn't have 
accepted it. I really can't. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's 30 years ago. Uh, you know, when I was in my prime in the late 80s, early 90s, if, if, if this kind of situation came up again and they said, do you want to, I'll give you, well, whatever, like $10 million, can't say that I wouldn't have, uh, wouldn't have done it. So I, I really don't know. But like I said, I don't fault the guys for, for doing it. Uh, it's a lot of money and we're professional golfers. We play for money. And when you get a whole boatload of cash to do that, uh, and go that direction, um, I don't know what I've done in my prime. I don't know. So when you look at what Liz doing, forget about the money, forget about all that sort of stuff. I'm curious to get your thoughts. Are, are you seeing anything that they're doing from a, an event perspective from the guys all getting paid, you know, each week, no cuts, the, uh, the, the way they handle the tournament in a shotgun star, any of the things that are happening with it. Do you think that there's anything that Jay Monahan needs to pay attention to? Because when you look at it, you know what? Hey, that thing that they're doing over there is pretty cool. Uh, no, not really. Um, I've, I've watched some of it, uh, each week, but weirdly enough, I, I, I watched like 15 or 20 minutes of it and then I can't take it anymore with all the, uh, the team signs on the left. Uh, okay, over here we're on 13. Now we're on four. Now we're on eight. Uh, it's just confusing to me. Um, I really don't enjoy the, uh, the format or the TV coverage of it. Um, so, you know, Jay's going to do what he's going to do. Um, he's, he's making, uh, adjustments and, uh, you know, I don't see how this live thing is going to last. I really don't. Um, at some point, uh, where the money's coming from, they're, they're just going to kind of wake up and realize, well, that's, that's dumb. That's, you know, that's a huge waste of money. So, uh, I, I don't think it's going to last quite honestly. Mark, I was talking about this, uh, topic with Bob Friend last week and Tom Patrick a little bit earlier in the show. I get that the PGA Tour is the ultimate meritocracy. You either make the cut or you don't get paid that week. One thing that I think that Liv is getting right is that everybody in the field does get paid for that week. And I'm not advocating for everyone on the PGA Tour that shows up for a tournament gets $100,000. But I do think everyone should get paid their expense money for that week. Because if you're in the field, if Mark Kalkovecchia is in the field in a tournament here in Atlanta, I'm coming to watch you. I want to watch Mark Kalkovecchia play golf. I would pay whatever the ticket was to come in and see you. Then I'm paying for parking and concessions and all that stuff just because Mark Kalkovecchia is in the field. And if you happen to have not such a great couple of days, you get nothing, but the tournament gets my money. Is expense money something the PGA Tour should be looking at reimbursing the players that come out and play that week? Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Um, I, I've got some really good friends on the Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, Eric Cole, uh, is one of them and we play a lot of golf together at Quest Country Club and, um, he finished 39th. So I asked him, you know, what do you got to do to get your card? Well, he's just, he's, he's got to finish the top five in one of the three, uh, you know, playoff events, but he's been grinding it all, grinding it out all year. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 
it's hard. Uh, it really is. Uh, harder to get your PGA Tour card today than it's ever been. Um, you know, I was back in the days of the, uh, of the tour school. We had to go through three of them and blah, 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 and all that. And I, I made it, messed it, made it, messed it, whatever. But, uh, yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's a grind nowadays. Mark, I want to go back in your playing career to the 1988 Australian Open at Royal Sydney Golf Club. You win that golf tournament by six strokes over Mark McCumber. He had a big lead going into the final round, which sometimes for some players is a bad thing because you start playing not to lose instead of playing to win. And I want to get your mindset that week and your mindset going into the final round. How did you go into that round? Did you go in with a mindset of, of attack, protect? Talk about playing not to lose. Right. Uh Great question. Um, I, I love the golf course, number one. Uh, I had a nice lead going into Sunday, and the first hole is a drivable par four. And sure enough, you know, what am I going to do? I'm just going to whip out a driver and try to put it on the green. Uh, so I've always been aggressive. And I, I think I was playing with Sandy Lyle the last day, and Yolanda, his wife, was so bored she's reading a book over in the trees because <laughs> i had about a seven shot lead so i said what are you reading well she's like i don't know uh you know i don't know what it was but uh yeah uh it, it was pretty funny um I, I was just on that week you know that's right kind of when i found my game and when i was really starting to play great in the late eight, uh 88 uh, I was sitting next year, 89, 90. So, uh, that was, that was definitely the prime of my career. Uh, but yeah, that was, uh, Earl Sydney was fantastic. And, uh, that's actually one of my favorite wins of my career. Uh, probably that, uh, obviously the British Open, the Canadian Open and the Australian Open are my three favorite wins. Mark, one more before I let you go. And speaking of liking a golf course, is there a particular course designer? that you favor because you enjoyed, you know, his technical aspects, the aesthetics of the golf course, the way he shaped it. Was there a, was there a course designer that really fit your eye and you enjoyed playing his courses? Well, uh, back in the day, uh, I always enjoyed Jack Nicklaus courses because the fairways are pretty wide. Uh, generally the bunkers were, you know, kind of deep. Uh, so if you have, if you if you short sided yourself or hit in the bunker or whatever, you're kinda kinda screwed. But um, you know, that was the strength of my game back in the day. Uh nowadays, I'm a big uh Ben Crenshaw, Bill Core fan. Uh Sand Hills in Nebraska is my favorite course in the world. Uh been there several times. Uh I absolutely love it. And uh pretty much every course they've ever built, uh uh, I'm a fan of so uh French on core my favorites. Mark, you're a great follow on social media. Let our listeners know how they can stay up to date with all the great things you're doing, how you're feeling, when we're gonna get to see you again and all that sort of stuff when they're uh, out there on Instagram, Twitter and the other social media sites. Uh will do. Uh well thanks. Uh I'm at Mark Calk. Uh on Twitter and uh yeah, 
mainly my wife at Brendacop is uh, the funny one, and she gives me half my material, so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And I'm looking forward to having her on the show in a few weeks to hear all about oh, yeah. that she's, great material. looking forward to it, too. Yeah. You, know, you, you get a good laugh out of her. <laughs> no doubt. Mark, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your night to come back and be a part of the show. I hope we get the uh, opportunity and privilege of catching up with you again soon. Absolutely, Chris. Anytime. Take care, Mark. All the best to you and Brenda. We look forward to that catching up soon. Thanks, Bob. See you, Mark. That is the great Mark Kalkovecchia at Mark Kalk, and uh, he's so much fun. And his wife, Brenda, the same Brenda Kalk. They're, they're two great follows on social media and, and a lot of fun uh, to, to see the things that they're doing. They post a lot of stuff, not just about the tournaments, but a lot of times and they travel in an RV and uh, have, a, have a couple of wonderful dogs. And you, you always get some great stuff about them traveling to and from. And, and then obviously the stuff that, ha that happens with Mark during the course of a tournament. But two great individuals, a lot of fun and looking forward to having Brenda Kalkovecchia as part of the show here in just a few weeks. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Is there chaos in your closet? Look, Blouse, you've got some nerve hanging there like that. I can't help it. I'm jammed in here next to this suit. Hey, I'm a three-piece, all right, which means I need a little more room. You've got a lot of attitude for a linen suit. I'm a polyester blend, sweetheart, and there needs to be room for men's clothes, too. Hi, I'm Christina, and in Artisan Custom Closets, we help families organize and simplify their closets with customized storage solutions. See what's possible for your home at artisancustomcloset.com and then call us for a free in-home consultation. 